1: Welcome everyone to the first episode of Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for joining us. We're excited. We've been working on this for a little while. And CJ Miles, CJ kilometers, as some of you might know him, <laughs> Raptor fans. It's here, man. Heard it a while. Here we are. Yeah. Well, probably since the last time I talked to you. <laughs> How are you, sir?
2: I'm great. Fantastic, man. This is um it's gonna be fun. Like I'm excited to do this. Um it came It came about in a very fun and organic way, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but it's just a, a fantastic thing to be able to talk basketball with a with a fan base that's really knowledgeable and really wants to know
1: and they love you around here and the the aspect of how this happened, I think it is unique because I think people are probably looking at this and they're like, "How the hell did this happen? Why did this happen? So go ahead, tell people how we got here and I'll fill in any any gaps that may inform <laughs> people a little bit
2: it's really not even a long story it's just it just happened and it, none of this is really a long story so yeah it's they the summertime uh they're having the runs in la people are talking about um scotty born's jump shot on twitter i happen to be on twitter this day scrolling through just watching and i was like watching the clips and then i think there's a video of maybe a workout um out there too and What's they're talking the about it Posted by me, yeah. (laughs) Talking about the release. Yes, not forget that. Talking about the release and things like that. And I'm just not even paying, I'm just looking at the tweet, not even knowing what's going on. I was like, yeah, it looks good. Like, his release looks smoother. I think that's, I don't remember all I said, but it was something along those lines. And then um, people start responding to it. I go away, come back, see people responding to it, this, that, and the third. And then next thing you know, me and you in the text on the phone, um, talking about just doing an episode, or interview about basketball in general some shooting stuff yeah. some whatever whatever and we we get on there and talk for i don't know how long we talk but we have a really great conversation about it um people like it um we continue to keep our conversation going just because it's a good conversation yeah and now we're here so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the best i can put it
1: I posted the clip of Scotty shooting because I mean, it's summertime, it was a Friday, I think. And I'm just like, all right, let's post this and people might find it interesting. And so I'll just go on my merry weekend way. But then I checked back in later on. This is even before you had weighed in on it. I'm just like, oh, geez. Obviously, I mean, I should have realized people would be very curious about developments in his jump shot. And then you reached out and I was like, man, summertime, kind of late on content right now. <laughs> Why not? I'll take a shot. I take many shots. I only reveal the ones that actually work. Um, But I take many shots (laughs) trying to talk to former players and so forth. And I tried. I shot my shot with you. And then, yeah, we had a great conversation. And then later on the summer, I was just thinking about our Raptors content. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it's something to spice it up a little bit. A little spicy pee. We need a little bit more just to give it some more caliente. Yeah, exactly. To give uh, people uh, more reason to get excited about what we're doing day by day. And we got other reasons, but just something else. And uh, I shot my shot with you. What do you think? Are you still playing basketball? What's going on with you? What do you wanna, are you interested in doing some like video podcasting about the Raptors? And you said, yes. And here we are, step-by-step.
2: <laughs> yeah, step yeah, step yeah. Step. yeah, that was, that was it, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was real easy. And that yeah. was the other thing for me too. Like it, it, it felt right. Like it felt organic, it felt easy. We had a good rapport, even in a short time. Um, and it just, you know, let's, let's yeah. do it.
1: So what is Strictly Hoops? What was the vision that you had when I, I approached you about a show and we had yeah. talked a little bit about, you know, what should it be? How can it be different? And here we are now. We had arrived with the, the title Strictly Hoops with C.J. Miles. But what do you think this show is going to be? And tell people um, what you want it to be.
2: Um, what it's going to be. Um, I mean, that's pretty much, you know. That's a hard thing to say. What I would like it to be is <laughs> um, just one of the things we kept bringing up was like a safe space. Yeah. For the game, like to be able to talk about it honestly and truthfully, to break things down, talk about the players that we like honestly and truthfully without it seeming like an attack um, or anything, any of the topics on on the league and on the game that we both love and the people that are going to tune in love so much and just give it give it a space where we can just be honest and have conversation. That was the biggest thing for me.
1: Yeah. And um, people, I mean, as you have found out too on your own way, that uh, people love you around here. People love Toronto, uh, the Toronto Raptors. People love uh, what you did with the franchise and they just loved your personality. And that was the first thing that I caught um, with you is that you seem like a very genuine person, just like a very humble, genuine, excited about basketball. And that's why I thought, you know, Doing something with you if you were interested, which you know you were, um, it would just be come off as something that um, isn't fake. It's just going to be about basketball, and I think nowadays uh, we're going to get to some of this later uh, later on. But basketball now, it's entering a space where we're kind of forgetting like what it is about. You know, the fans, the players, the skill, the talent, the game itself. And we want to return it back to that. And we're going to work in Raptor stuff. We're going to get CJ's thoughts on just like trending NBA news from a player's perspective, because things happen in the NBA. Um, we keep on talking about the NBA being 365, 24, seven. It is right. But when things go down, What are players thinking about? And that's where CJ is going to be able to inform us in ways that we just are not going to understand. And then also within the game itself, like X's and O's are going to be there because we got CJ miles. He knows more about the game than me. He knows things about the game that I'm never going to know, just like a fan would, because you are, you were an NBA player. You are still a player. You're in the space still. Right. And so from there, there's just going to be things that you will know about the human experience as a basketball player that I will never know. And that's why cj miles is here strictly hoops it's going to be so much fun um throughout the season we're going to be here uh throughout the year um a couple times a month we'll see how it goes maybe a little bit more but in the end we are talking toronto raptors so i want to get your thoughts why was toronto a unique stop for you in your basketball dream
2: oh right off the bat oh yeah well first um the first so just about basketball in general, like stepping into that space where that team was going, it mm-hmm. was much different than uh any spaces I had been in. Like Salt yeah. Lake, I was in the beginning of a of a turnaround. Like we were young. My first my first year, I think we we're what 41, 41. Don't yeah. uh uh no no, yeah, don't make the playoffs. Second year, go to the West Covers Finals. Like that team is built. I'm I'm ready for the ground up with that one. Or at least yeah. the second ground, because obviously the first ground is Carl Malone, John Stockton, those things. So I'm not going to disrespect sure. <laughs> that. Um, but um, then go to Cleveland, smack dead in the middle of a rebuild. All young, still drafting young. Like, yeah, we're figuring it out. Go to Indiana, supposed to be that. Paul George breaks his leg the summer that I signed to go there, and we uh-huh. kind of end up in a middle space of that. We're still decent. We have some good years the yeah. second and third year, but it's not – it it seems like that kind of puts a halt because we have to, like, regroup. Yeah. We miss him for the year, have to get them kind of back to second year. You know what I mean? We have to rebuild. So coming into Toronto, it's like a clear shot at winning on the up, headed into a really exciting... Um, Kyle and Damar are... Kyle and Damar in capital letters at this point. You know mm. what I mean? Like, this is, like, it's clear where this is headed. Um, and we get to talk, and we talk about a, a, a skill that I have and a need that they they need yeah it just felt like, yeah, just <laughs> felt like a, a a great match to be able to go help and go win
1: and when you think about the city itself the time that you had uh, your family what was the family takeaway from the time in toronto
2: so that's why i said basketball first in terms of like life in general like toronto will always have this it's hard to even argue it might be this yeah. most, one of the most special places in my heart for the to the day i'm gone because my whole life changed there. Um, not only did we got we get to mix that good side of basketball, but like I had my first child there, as everybody knows she's more famous than I am. People ask about her, <laughs> they don't ask about me and my wife. They ask about them too before they ask about me. But that also puts a you know a stake in the ground. Like she's from there. And I'm gonna she's make Canadian.
1: sure she's Canadian. She's
2: Canadian. Gonna make yeah. sure she knows that, make sure she understands yeah. that and make sure she gets to go back and forth to see that. Like that's so we're always gonna be apart. Like that's the thing. Like um, and it's just a special, special time, and they treated me so well, the city, the organization, and the way they grasped at something like that, like the birth of a child, yeah. like the way they came around that and it became this thing like shows the type of values they have also as the people they are.
1: can't remember what in- interaction it was, but we were talking a couple of times, and you had mentioned at some point that when you post something on social, about the Raptors, things go off in a different way. Not that you're trying to get clicks or follows and stuff like that, but you just happen to notice that if anything, Raptors goes down on your timeline, you're just like, wow, a lot of people interacted with this.
2: No, it's, it's different. I told you it's, it's a yeah. different thing um, because yeah. I don't like, until recently, because I've been playing around on Twitter and I've been, I live tweeted the game yesterday a little bit, things like that, but I did. Mm-hmm. I don't tweet a lot. Like I'm off and on of there, but sure. any t- like prime example. We're here because I randomly tweeted one one tweet one day and yeah. it turned into this whole thing. Like those people are so supportive of their guys and love basketball so much. Like it circles fast and then next thing you know this tweet screenshot it and put on Instagram and I get tagged on Instagram <laughs> the same day for it and yeah. it's love like and I appreciate it so much. Um it's just fun, you know.
1: You still got CJ's PJs? Are they nearby? I,
2: I do have I don't have them nearby. I do have a couple pair. Mm. Uh, still to this day i wish i yeah. had more so funny i so i traded my truck in the other day i had to clean it out i found a script from the commercials oh in my oh truck damn. and that was yeah. pretty cool that was pretty cool
1: <laughs> we were uh, in preparation for you know this happening and uh, some of the graphics and stuff um we were looking around for photos of you um with the raptors and we found this one that i thought you might like
2: <laughs> i have that picture that's a funny <laughs> picture yes i have that picture on my phone too <laughs> I, I like that picture too.
1: I had never seen it. My, my coworker, Kieran, he's like, do you think he'll like it if uh, this is in the intro? And I'm like, oh, geez, look at that.
2: It's a great, it's a great shot, though, at the same time. Like, yeah, even though yeah. but it's just a great shot, yeah.
1: It's like there's a pumpkin. One, on of, the,
2: one of my few dunks, actually. <laughs> I had dunked the ball. It was in Portland, I remember.
1: Yeah, You had a couple of uh, crams, actually, on people. I remember you had one on Patrick Patterson, right, when he was with OKC. That was huge, actually. That was like the so, dunk on a man.
2: Yeah, so so. <laughs> Two things in that game, Russell Westbrook yeah. looks at me after it happens. It was like, what was that? Like, <laughs> like he says this to me in the game, like you can still do that or whatever he says to me. And then yeah. even funnier story, I get the training camp for the Raptors. I dunk in one of like the drills and Kyle Lowry is like, you can dunk. <laughs> and I was like, look, and I told him, I said, by the time we reach December, January, halfway through the season, I'm going to yeah. have more dunks than you realize. And he was like, yeah, right. And every time, then after that, it became a thing. And then like, slowly <laughs> as the season gets going, yeah. things start changing. The way people play you changes. They start running you off the line even more. And I'm like, I'm going to go dunk the ball. Like, it's going to happen. And, it, and, and then there, I just happened to be my birthday when, I, when the Ruben Patterson thing happened. Not Ruben oh, Patterson, really? sorry. Patrick Patterson. Yeah, that yeah, was on yeah. my birthday. That was on my birthday, actually. No kidding. So maybe that's oh. why that happened.
1: You should have countered a cow. I'm like, well, when was the last time you dunked? Can you dunk? To I'm who? Joking. To
2: Kyle? Yes. Yeah, to yeah Kyle, when you so said cool. that. Yeah. Well, I, mean, had I, do, I mess with him all the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you and him are boys too. And there will be raptors, raptor players on this, um, from you know, past, present, and so forth. Um, I think a lot of people are curious if there's gonna be, you know, interviews on this with guests and so forth. And in the words of Pascal Siakam, yes, sir, there will be. <laughs> it will that not will be just happening.
2: be me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it will not just be me talking the whole time. <laughs>
1: On the current team right now, who are the players that you're closest with? I think people will probably have an idea, but yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, um I st- me and Freddie talk religiously like yeah. and, and and this is not to say we sit down and like I have a powwow on FaceTime every time, but we stay in contact and then we get together at some point once or twice throughout the year, like last year, we went on vacation together, the girls get together, the kids play nice. together um we we make sure we just we just that's my brother like we yeah. We we operate like that. OG, I'm still in contact with him. OG's a little different on the scale of when in how far it goes. But like last night we talked for 30, 40 minutes after the game. And then we might not talk for three, four weeks. It is what it is. Like, but yeah. that's just, but we're still close. Um, me and Pascal don't don't communicate a lot when we see each other. It's love. Like we have a bond, we have a connection, that's forever type thing. But we never talked on it, was never that type of relationship with me and him. We yeah. we just were good with each other in the gym and in the same space. We were, we were great and we we acknowledge that um and that is young actually um so we yeah. worked out together in dallas um and we're around the same age so we've been around each other the last couple of summers because he lives up here in texas in this in a, um summertime so okay. me and him are pretty cool um i know that one probably people probably didn't see that one actually i um, actually
1: didn't know that so there you yeah go. <laughs>
2: um, and we played together in indiana
1: you did Yes, we had a year together
2: with the Pacers. So that's where it starts, obviously. Um, I think that's, yeah. And then me and Earl Watson played together. Okay. And uh, I know he's not a player, but that's just the thing with that. Me and Earl played together in Utah. And that's like, he was one of the greatest people I ever played with. I loved playing with Earl. He was so good for me, like just mentally and how I approached the game. And just, he was, he was, he did a lot for me in a short period of time
1: the amount of players on the Raptors that have mentioned him specifically and how he's helped them, uh, develop in different ways, you know, off the court on the court. Um, you can tell that he's had a a great influence on the players.
2: Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be great for a long time. Coach. Beautiful.
1: All right. So that's the intro people, um, in the future, you know, that'll probably be shorter or just, you know, Hey, how you doing CJ another one, Mm -hmm. but we will always start with the segment trade thoughts, trade thoughts on the Toronto Raptors. And, uh, I mean, we're talking today. It's in between the games of, against the 76ers. Yesterday, the Raptors won in convincing fashion. Um, and we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves because they play tomorrow. And I think this episode will go up before that. And things could change very quickly, right? That's the NBA. That's how it goes. But I wanted to ask you, as a player, is, do you got a little bit more juice against a team when you play a team that had eliminated you the year before? Do you got a little bit more giddy up when you play them the first time?
2: Uh, um, yeah. Um, so I think it's not, it's not like to the point of bloodshed, but it's like yeah. that's we. It's being acknowledged. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're gonna step out there, and it's gonna come up. It's not like the only. Re- it's not the only reason we go. We're not extra because it's that, but it's it's definitely part of just the pre- preparation. Somebody's bringing it up, and we're gonna make sure that we go out there and let them know that hey, we remember. But at the same time, you don't want to throw them everything because we not even ten games into the season. Or if we are, we're barely ten games in the season. You know, it's true. Um, yeah. So it's that type of thing. But it's definitely acknowledged.
1: When we were talking about what we should, you know, discuss off of that game, and I had mentioned to you, like, I wonder what the Raptors are going to do defensively. And he's like, yeah, and you were like, yeah. I mean, we could look at it, but if I know Nikki Nurse,
2: Shit, he's not going to show much. He's not going to yeah. show
1: too much. <laughs>
2: yeah, just because he's a he's a mastermind. He's plotting he's already yeah. 10 steps ahead of all of us. Yeah. Like he's already, he already knows the score of the first round playoff game. <laughs> um, so, but he's definitely going to tinker. Like that's what he does really well. I think he, he does, he experiments a lot. He, especially when he know he has time to early in the year, different times, different things. Somebody, somebody goes down, unfortunately. So like, oh, let's see something we might out of seen with Pascal playing 39 minutes a night. Let's see if we can find something to, sure. to be prepared for this next time. And he's great with that. Um, and there wasn't there wasn't a lie. I was surprised that Philly played zone though. I was surprised at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they threw a lot of that. They have this um coverage that they like to use against uh Pascal Siakam last year is that pack line defense, right? Where they got like five guys have their foot in the paint and they use that. I think a lot last season in the playoffs, essentially to me, because I mean, the Raptors were lacking shooting, you know, Fred was limping. He wasn't too healthy. Gary Trent Jr. Was sick and a bit up and down. And then some of the other guys who have improved as three point shooters, um, didn't have that comfort in their stroke. Fresh that you obviously came on towards the second half of the season, but that seemed like a, a strategy that worked for them, especially in game six, that second half where we're just like, why haven't the Raptors scored in like 88 minutes? <laughs> it was a lot of that. It was that coverage that was kind of causing them issues. And, I mean, in so many cases last season, you saw Pascal is one-on-five. But this season, it's very, very different, man. The spacing is really nice. And that man, he's different too. I saw very you good. tweeting about it. Go crazy, very, very P. Go
2: different. crazy. He's very different. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, what's different? Tell me.
2: The first thing is, like, obviously, he's, like, oozing with confidence. Yeah. Like, you see it in everything. Not that he wasn't confident before, but he's, like, It's, like, falling off of him. It's like yeah. I got a little bit to spare. I can hand you some if you need it, type thing. <laughs> um, and he's just sharp. Like he feels you could tell he feels comfortable in every situation that's being thrown at him, how he's being guarded. It's gonna have to be doubles thrown at him. Like it's gonna have to be. Like, cause yeah. we're talking about he's he's gonna get sharper as the year goes. Yeah. And he's going to get even better shape. Even though I've never seen him get tired, he's going to get in even better shape than he is right now. And he's going to get, you know, just in a really good rhythm. He's going to see how much his spots are open and how many different situations he can get to. They're going to have to come get him. Because right now, the jump shot is the biggest thing. Like you said, they put five people in the paint. So him being able to make those pull-ups and the things we're talking about, him barking at P.J. Tucker the first uh, few possessions of it, like that's... He didn't stop. He didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He was doing it nonstop. And then even when I thought he was done, there was a a possession where he, he bumped PJ Tucker uh, under the rim on like a little, like a line drive towards the bucket. Uh And he still gave Uh him like a, get off me. Uh Get off Uh me. Like he's still doing Uh it. He's not stopping. I showed that play to my my wife. Oh, you did?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Cause I was telling her what was going on. And I was like, look at this. They were about to show the replay. I was like, come look at this. Cause I was, we were watching like one game on TV and one on my iPad. Right.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, he's different this year. Um, his, uh, his guy, Rico Hines, spoke before the season, and he was saying that uh, he wants Pascal to get a little bit meaner. You know, he's a little bit too nice because some of the stars out there, and he's not wrong with this. You think of some of the greats. They do got a bit of a mean streak to them in a way that is conducive to, you know, just being very confident in yourself on the basketball court. And that interaction with P.J. Tucker, all of those, I'm not sure what P.J. Tucker did, what he said to him, but he said something that, Pascal didn't like, and that got him yeah. all kinds of motivated.
2: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it goes back to being from the summer too. Like I know PJ's yeah. out there too. Maybe it has something to do with that, the runs, and maybe mm-hmm. they've been getting ready for this. Like, yeah. I don't know. But or maybe he just disrespected the fact that Pascal <laughs> felt disrespected because he yeah. backed up off of him or whatever it is. Like, I don't know what I don't care what it was. I like it. He can say it every night. Tell him to text it to him before every game. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> You had said to me the other day that you thought some of uh, Pascal's pull-ups were looking a little Kobe-esque. And mm-hmm. then I looked at it a little bit closer and I was like, oh damn, CJ's right. Yeah, I see it. I definitely see it. What um, what made that kind of trigger for you?
2: Just going back to the sharpness. Yeah. Like his footwork. We all know Kobe was a master of footwork and we all know like, and now I think the most person blatant with it after that is now Kyrie. Like Kyrie yeah. is like the mirror of Kobe's footwork in the post, mid-post and things like that. So it's it's easy to identify because it's so sharp. Like mm. it's so – the counters are ready. The counters are effortless. It doesn't take a lot of work like the one we talked about, the the step through to the pump fake, to the spin back. Like that was – at one time only Kobe was doing that in the league. Like nobody was yeah. even close to being to doing that. He did it all the time. Mm. And you see just guys implementing that in that mid post because we got so far away from the mid range. So like now you have DeMar, Pascal, Kyrie, um, those are the top of my, off the top of my head, those three yeah. guys are KD, like really, really- KD, KD, yeah, KD's KD, really KD's okay. cheating a little bit cause he's seven foot, but like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. No, but, but no, it's still the same. Like those yeah. are just yeah. guys off the top of my head that you know it has to be sharp for it to work. And Pascal's got size in that now. Um, the release is higher in those shots.
1: This is the gather, the the gather, right? That's very Kobe-esque.
2: Yeah, putting people on their heels. Kind of like hesitating and and different timing of the pickup to shoot the ball, like hanging in the middle of it, picking it up early, later. Um, Those type of things are things you only get from going through the fire the last year and a half, two years. Yeah, Like how can I find more ways, Hmm. what can make me more creative So who was the guy that was really creative at doing this? Oh, Kobe got his shot off every time. Let me go check that out. You know what I mean? Every time. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Every time.
1: Didn't see him get blocked very often. Yeah, rest in peace. He gave a lot to the game. Um, Something else that comes to mind with him, Pascal, is uh, he looks quicker. And I don't know if that's actually fitness, but I wonder if it's actually he's faster with the ball in his hands. You know, because some guys obviously like if you're sprinting down the court, you're not going to be as fast with the ball. That's just how most players are. AI would be an exception because it didn't matter with the ball, without the ball. He was as fast. But now maybe maybe you uh, disagree. I want you to, you know, weigh in on it. But he seems like more confident with his with his handle. And so that in that degree, he's able to get downhill faster than he was before.
2: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? -hmm. So it's definitely the biggest thing is we talk about we work on ball handling smooth is fast. So it comes from him just sharpening the skill like we're talking about. It's just smoother. So it's it's, it's more efficient. That's what it is. The movement's more efficient. The setup's more efficient. I don't have to, like there's a dribble gone. I don't need a third dribble to get into my move because now my feet and my hands are so good. It takes me one dribble to get to this space to be able to change directions. Before I might've had to dribble twice before I could go between the legs to go downhill. Like now Mm -hmm. I've just learned how to take out less to be more efficient. And that's what, one of the things we teach, like when I, when we, one of the people that are really good at it, one of my friends that teaches Tyler Elf in Dallas, like, and there's a lot of guys implementing this type of stuff in their drills. Yeah. It's just being smooth. You don't have to boom, 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 boom. It's just being smooth and ready to, to capitalize.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people are with Pascal as well. They talk about, you know, superstar. The Raptors won a championship. They had Kawhi Leonard. And you go down the history books, right? Most teams have a guy. And that is a person that they go to in late shot clock situations. That's a person that gets the ball with 20 seconds left, all that kind of stuff. Um, do you need a superstar to win a championship? Because I think, I mean, when Pascal said he wanted to be top five, he thinks he can be, people were just like, whoa, what? What do you mean? You think you're that guy? And that means that, I mean, he thinks of himself as that guy, or that's where he could get to at some point. But in the end, I mean, with the Raptors and what they're building, I don't know, I mean, do they need a superstar necessarily? Do they need him to be, like, that kind of a guy? Or can they get away with just being a team such as the 2004 Pistons? A team that uh, just overwhelmed you with size, like, from forward down. Their defense was the thing that was a calling card. And then they got the contributions they needed at the right times.
2: Oh, I I think, so to speak on first, like, Pascal being top five and people yeah. saying, do you think you could be that guy? The biggest thing, the only reason we, that's even brought up with him is because most guys are crowned when they come in the league. They're going to be a guy. Mm. Like, Pascal was basically the opposite. He's going to be a piece. We're going to develop him. He's going to help us. He's going to be a – you know, he's going to be a – like, nobody saw except the people that were in the gym what he could turn into. We knew it right away. We, when I got there, we were like, he could be anything. He was that athletic, that willing, that he was that moldable. It was yeah. just about the, the the time and experience and, and and letting him get there. And if he wanted it, if he wanted to be, which is why he will be top five, because I've seen the evidence of him wanting to be what he is right now. And he's there. So I believe him. Like, that's just me. Obviously, I'm biased a little bit, but I believe him. <laughs> and then as far as like the team, I don't think so. With Like when you look at this team, I think they're we, – we talked about this once before, just being that guy in, that, in in the certain moments. So, like, last night, that game, Philly tries to make it a slugfest. There's yeah. a couple times they get 15, 16, and turns the nine and all these things. And then Freddie's like, hold on, makes two threes, orchestrates a couple plays. Even the last play that causes the timeout that Scotty Barnes gets the dunk on the baseline from Pascal. Yeah. Freddie orchestrates that whole play if you go watch yeah. it scotty's trying to run up he's like no go stand right there i got it goes to the elbow waits for the clock to go down a little bit runs up and sets the screen for pascal pascal gets a straight line because they don't want to switch because they don't want the point guard mm-hmm. and he gets to the front of the rim and now it's just him and scotty barnes his man and it's an easy dump off yeah. and that's strictly because fred just slowed everybody down was like look i got it this is what we're doing mm-hmm. so it's 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 and then you have scotty barnes who's going to be able to Show and it's going to be quarters of games that are going to be his. Like he's going to wreak havoc on both ends. He's going to be making, he's passing the ball extremely well. He's going to be scoring. He's going to be driving. He's going to have post ups. Um, OG with the matches he's getting now, like they're putting smaller guys on him because they're kind of disregarding him. He's running for early post ups now. There's going to yeah. be situations like that. Um, I've seen, uh, we know Chris Boucher can change a game. Um, Precious, Precious looks so mobile. That's the biggest thing I've seen with him this year. He looks in so much, not that he was out of shape before, but the shape he's in now and the way he's yeah. moving, like him going coast to coast, giving people little moves and getting to the rim is like, it's another dynamic.
1: Yeah. It's like confidence, right? Because he's not thinking as much. He's just going because he knows he's making the right decision as opposed to last season when he wasn't really sure. And in that moment, we're not really sure. Seconds are going off, right? Seconds are going off mm-hmm. the clock,
2: you know? Mm-hmm. And the holes close quick at this level everybody's supreme athletes. Like even the guys that we're dubbing not athletic, is just because the other guys are like the most supreme athletes of all the time. You know what I mean? Like, so like yeah. we got to think about how fast gaps close and how fast reads have to be. Yeah. And which is why you get a lot of young players that are playing too fast because they, they realize that and they've never seen it. And they're just, they're just like shaking.
1: <laughs> sure. And you made the nice pivot for me here. So I'm going to go to Fred Van Vliet right now. I want to get your thoughts on this because this season, he was asked to take a lesser on ball offensive role. He does still have a role in the offense and it's integral. Like, if Pascal is the lead singer, Fred's a producer. Like, he's Timbaland, right? Who's like mm-hmm. making things happen on the back line, although we don't always see these things happening, but he is that guy. But coming off his first all star season, he's getting all kinds of league wide notoriety as this, you know, 6-foot point guard, undrafted. Look at his story, he's an inspiration, all that kind of stuff. And then he comes into this year and he's told, we're going to make a little bit of a pivot. We're going to have Scotty Barnes have the ball in his hands more. Pascal, his usage is going to come up because, you know, he's becoming that guy, a number one option. And yeah, we need less from you statistically and we just need you to accept this role for us in a contract year. That's really tough to me. That's really, really hard for a player to wrap their minds around.
2: So, one, it speaks to the trust that they have with each other between Fred and every, in the organization. One one thing, because, like you said, in that position, the player going into the space that he's in, coming off an all-star, being a contract season, that could be – he could flip a desk over for that. Yeah, You know what I mean? It could go the other way. We've seen it go the other way. It could <laughs> definitely go the other way. But it speaks on the relationship they have, one. Two, it also speaks on what they think his truest value is to that team. They don't think it's only just numbers, which is why I don't think it affects when they get to the negotiating table because also winning cures everything. So him doing what he does, like we talked about last night, his fingerprints on the end of that game, him doing that is his, his real value right now, his truest value. And then the opportunities will come. They'll go double Pascal in game three. And he'll make six threes that game. You yeah. know what I mean? But right now, like, he's orchestrating. He's defending, which is what I think he does really, really well. And I think people talk about his hands, but I don't think they talk about him really just being a very solid defender on the ball. Sure. And he takes on a lot of beating with bigger guys thinking they can punk him a little bit. And he doesn't take it.
1: His and hands are strong, standing. though, bro. His hands are, his no. hands are ridiculous.
2: When, yes. Quick, strong. <laughs> he gets his fingers on it. It's popping out of there. Yeah. Like, that's, 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 that's a I mean, he needs that. That's a strength he had to, he had to cultivate. But I think he just brings so much to the table besides what I, so don't want the fans to get caught up in that numbers game you like to play we watch, where you just stick the stat line was like, oh, we lost five games. Well, Freddie's only averaged 13 through these five games. Yeah. Like, don't, let's not do that. Like, let's not judge the value. And that's what anybody, but especially when we're just talking about him right now. So mm-hmm. let's not do that and try to say that's the value. Like because if we like to do that, we like to watch games. And if we don't catch them, see you got to throw all these things together to say why things are happening. Well, he's only averaged this and he missed three threes in a row that game. Like those plays are yeah. not the grand scheme of things.
1: Is it hard for a player to get around that? I mean, even if the front office is saying that uh we're we're gonna take care of you, or even like say he's not.
3: to find out if it's right for you.
1: Actually playing on the Raptors, right? And he doesn't know the culture. He doesn't know the identity. He hasn't been in the organization like that because I think that's what we're talking about. When Fred mm-hmm. says himself that, you know, I know when going to fix everything. That means that to me, that means like there's a hush-hush agreement amongst, you know, the Raptors and Fred that you take care of us, we're going to take care of you. You do what we're looking for, which we know you know how to do. You're going to be fine. You're going to get your money. You're going to get all kinds of it because you... Definitely earned it. But for another player, I mean, mm-hmm. like you guys, you guys, I don't want to say it like that, but NBA no. players, they they get in to the NBA because of their skill set, because of how good they are. And in a lot of cases, when they do get into a role in like that starter role, you know, sixth man, seventh man, it's because of their scoring prowess. Maybe the league's a little bit different now, but you come into the league being elite scorers and a team coming to you saying, do less of that, please. Hard.
2: So, I think it's it's hard when you don't know yourself for real like for real and don't and think that's the only value you can bring, then it's hard. Like if you know what I mean? Like if you don't have a real grasp on yourself as a player and and can't figure out and can't see the whole team, like the whole picture. Which means you probably don't see yourself either if you can't see where you fit in the whole team. So, that's when that becomes hard because then it just becomes strictly about me. And don't get me wrong. This is a job. I understand it. And it, you're, you produce, you make money, especially in that six man type role. That's very hard to be in if somebody comes to you to do that. Like if you haven't played a bunch of years or haven't haven't gained a reputation. Um, so it's a tough space, like especially on the younger side of things. Like Fred has also been to the mountaintop also knows what it takes to get there also knows the things that can like, you know what I mean? So it's a different mindset he has, but like that younger guy that's trying to figure it out. That's a tough space to be in because it's going to bleed over into your approach to the game. Yeah. Like, you know, it might make you less aggressive and then you're not even capitalizing on what you should capitalize on. um, Or it might make you bitter and you try to (laughs) overcapitalize. You know what I mean? Like to prove your, to prove that they shouldn't have did it to you. Um, And it's a, it's a tricky space to be in to figure out yourself and team in such a production-dominated sport for your living.
1: Yeah, he does it, though. Um, yeah. Again, like the, the, the rapport that he has with Masai, Bobby, the Raptors organization, is the prevailing aspect of this. That's why Fred believes that things are going to be just fine. He's going to get his contract, and it's going to be hefty, and he deserves every single dollar. Um, the ways he impacts the game, it's no different than Kyle Lowry, Right. And when Raptor fans on Twitter are saying, you guys don't know how valuable he is when he has a stat line of like nine, four and seven, right? Anybody's yeah. like a plus 11 or plus 20, right? It's just, it's not something that everyone can wrap their heads around because that's not what we're being, tra- what we're being trained to view as basketball yeah. fans. Numbers are what matter, but uh, Fred, I mean, kudos to him, man. He sees the, the potential of Scotty Barnes. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes on many occasions uh, throughout the season, not, as much today, but a credit to him for accepting this role and being the do it all, man. Like I said, he's a producer, Pascal lead singer. He's a producer. And that is not a slight. That means that he is that um, irreplaceable. You can find lead singers in the NBA in some ways. I'm not saying Pascal's mm-hmm. re- replaceable. I'm not saying that, but yeah lead, yeah, lead singers are kind of easier to find than like that producer, that guy,
2: or you, you can definitely, you can find guys with the ego of yeah the lead singer. There's yeah. plenty of those. You can always find a guy who sure. wants to be the lead singer. Right. can't always find a guy who wants to be the producer. And we're agreeing. I'm just saying that's a yeah. a better way to word it a little bit. Like, you can always find <laughs> – there's plenty of guys right now that don't even play that think they're the lead singer. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so ego is not a short – Yeah, it's not on a short list in, that, in the association.
1: <laughs> I want to talk a little OG and an OB. Um, I, I mentioned him because I think some fans are – they're like, huh? You know, is he more than a three and D guy? Can he be that that dude? And we've seen some some instances this season where hasn't gone necessarily as well. Don't get me wrong. When it comes to three and D, right? And that is a valuable skill set in the NBA. He is one of the best. I mean, catch and shoot, 44%, uh, 40% three point shooter. Um, the peel switching style of the Raptors play, uh, catching rotations, blocking shots, hustling, just working and being versatile defensively. He's like the creme de la creme. Okay. But I'm sure for himself, too, he wants to, you know, be more than a 3D guy. He should want that for himself. And there's been some moments this season where, you know, he's getting the ball poked out of his hands. He's uh, approaching those gaps that you mentioned, like pressure to Chua, and they're closing up really quickly. And then it's a turnover. But then, you know, yesterday in that 76ers game, there was a possession that he had, third quarter, five minutes left. He comes off a Scotty Barnes screen, and he curls. Joel Embiid's right there. He's patient, patient dives towards the basket, hits a little floater. Mm -hmm. That's the progression that we're talking about. And so it's their form. It's going to take time, but I think some fans are sometimes, you know, a little bit uh, impatient.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So he, he, everybody wants to continue to grow. Like, I think that's, especially he's still younger on the younger side too. Like this is year six. I'm not, so how old is he? 24?
1: I think he's 25 now.
2: 25? Yeah. So like, and, like, he's also been in the mix of this, trying to grow with things coming in and out, superstars change, things happening, and still trying to mm-hmm. grow within that, but knowing there's, like, a, like it's a real space that you can't get outside of right now. And now you get the chance to turn a corner, you turn it a little bit, and things don't go as, you know, as fast as you want either. And that's the biggest yeah. thing, like, on both sides. Both of them have got to remember, but this isn't, like, an overnight thing like we 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 were saying the thing same thing about Pascal, but like Pascal also had a a few more minutes to get ready for his runoff, like sure. he had a little bit more training to like get thrown into that fire, but he still had to go through it like it's just you know it's it's a different approach because he had the ball so much more in his hands, yeah, so it it started to pick up a little faster, and that's the thing now he is the guy, so now we can't do the same thing with Pascal, he's got to figure it out as the game goes and It's just about being patient, understanding how to grow within what we're doing in the scheme of things. Um, And that's the biggest thing, though, just being patient, but also being assertive, stepping in your space when it's there. Like you said, those plays and being patient, I talked to him about that play um, and just about him understanding the pace of the game and understanding where he's going, what he's doing, and not so being in a rush. Like, he's, he's in control.
1: What did he say when you talked to him about it?
2: No, we just agreed on it. I just pointed it out. To oh, okay. him. It yeah. wasn't like just a, it wasn't a question Then We just like, like like this one and like, like we're just like that type of thing like just encouraging him. Just sure. trying to make sure he focuses on what he's doing well and how to do it more because a lot of times when you're trying to grow, you can only see what I'm not doing. And as long mm. as you look at it that way, you'll only see that you'll never realize that you made the three plays in a row that you've been working on every day because it's become second nature. So now you're not even looking at it. You're looking at what's next. Yeah. Like pay attention to what's going on and what's being presented to you all the time.
1: Positive affirmation, right? That, being you know, impressive. acknowledge the things that you're doing well um, to make sure that when things aren't going your way, you can at least have that in your backbone that no, but there is progression happening, yeah. happening here. And it's going to be different, you know, game to game. Yesterday against the 76ers, it just looked like there were a lot of cases where there was more space for them. And maybe the Raptors help him out with that, with that a little bit, you know, when post-ups uh, driving towards the basket, um, they're having some like, you know, weak side actions happening on that side, strong sides, you know, less congested, whatever the case is, but there was just more space for OG to do what he can do. And, you know, the bag right now, it's not the Pascal Siakam bag, which is okay. It doesn't, it, like, that's okay because this is a progression, mm-hmm. but he does have a few, you know, pet moves that he likes to roll with the step back uh, things of that nature. Um, the bully ball, which is obviously very effective because he is 250 pounds. Wow. Solid. Doesn't look it solid. solid. So he he's got that. So he's got that. And I, I think yeah. it's part of it is just like using what you have, you know, working within your your boundaries of your of yourself. Um, everyone has different boundaries, but you know, honing in on that and mastering it that's going to become, you know, the best version of OG to me. And exactly. he's going to get there. I think he will get yeah. there. It's just going to need, he needs time and there's going to be, yeah. be the bumps, but I'm excited. And, uh, and I want to hear, re- hear more interaction between you and OG though, throughout this.
2: <laughs> and you got to remember, like, also, like, I know we're talking, we get excited and we're talking about like, who's doing what is beginning of the season playing well. We also got to remember that it is only a handful of games, like, which is another thing he's got to remember, like to a player, five games can feel like six months sometimes just because everything's under a mic, every microscopes, like boom, 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 boom. And then yeah. you like look back and they do a 20 game uh clip of your season. And through that 20 games, you might've averaged 16 and eight and, aver- and shot 44% from the three, but you're only remembering those three or four bad moments. You got to, it's 82 games in a season before we start the playoffs
1: may not even be talking about this version of og once the season ends right
2: exactly yeah (laughs) we won't even remember it yeah except for this break this conversation (laughs)
1: we'll we'll backtrack it we'll play it let's move to a separate topic that i think um you have some feelings about and it's kind of the ethos of what the show wants to be you know the safe space as you mentioned in the intro um how Social media has influenced NBA culture. And there was a clip that you had RT'd on Twitter from Kevin Durant. And He was talking about Russell Westbrook. And he was saying that essentially, you know, it's like the things that are going on with Russ nowadays, like, it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like basketball culture has already been taking a dip, and now the way they're treating my man, former teammate, it's getting a little bit much. It's like getting a little bit beyond what is reasonable. How do you think social media has changed NBA culture?
2: It's been the greatest gift and curse. It, I shouldn't say it like that because that, that makes it very. So it's, 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 it's absolutely wonderful for the growth of the game. Yeah. And to just to be able to spread and people be able to connect and fan bases and, and even just like kids in other countries, being able to get to the footage of the, cause they can't watch games because of time and all the things mm-hmm. you've had because of this, but it's also given a lot of people voices to speak on the game or get to people for not the right reasons. And we talked about this. You play bad. This is not about getting criticized for playing bad. You play bad on a famous stage, you're you open to criticism. That You sure. know that. And we and that's not the problem. You could talk to me about basketball all day. You could tell me what I did wrong, what he thought I did wrong, how we do. We could talk about the game. It's like now we're not talking about the game. We're yeah. just attacking people. And we're just – and then because media is so strong, you keep attacking the guy just for sake of the clicks and the run with it. Not just not to like this is you're just doing it. Like let's make sure we say his name before we so now we got everybody tuned in. Yeah, It's not about we really wanted to cover this or we really wanted to get on this. Like that's not that's not the case. Like what are we going to do like like rest in play last game and the Lakers lost. Like now what now what we do? What do we do? Like, yeah. <laughs> how do we how do we what do we how do we well I I saw him spill some water on the sideline? Like, I don't know, but like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just it's and that's not just he's just the one right now, but I think there's just a lot of respect in the game being thrown away on the other side because of that, because now the fans can talk to him like they could do what he's doing on a bad night. And yeah. they get to degrade everything he's done also, and then they start talking about your family, then they start talking about Everything I'm like, no, like that has nothing to do with anything. The name calling, the whatever, and it was like, well, that's his job and he should do what he's paid for. And that's the big connect, the big disconnect is the money yeah. thing because people automatically assume when you make a lot of money that there's a lot of things that don't matter anymore. Like, they because they you're think, fine,
1: because you're fine, because now. you're fine, because money
2: is disconnected yeah. for people. Everybody wants yeah. money, and there's people that like. I'm not trying to take this lightly. I understand there's people in situations that couldn't fathom getting to the spaces. Some guys get even just in a year. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that disconnect is causing a nasty thing. Yeah. Because they know everybody's numbers and they see guys reported this much for an extension and this and that. And it's like, Oh, they risk And because in their, in their world, money solves everything. Yeah. And and, and from there right now in the space they're in. So like, Oh, he's getting, I can say whatever I want to say to him. I can talk about his kids. I can talk about it as like I'm never gonna see him. I'm never gonna whatever, like that type of thing. Like, and that's not that's not good for anybody, anything. For him, for the people that's doing it, for the kids yeah. watching it, for the next generation of fans and players. Um, that's that's a rough space to be in. Like mm-hmm. let's, heckling is one thing. I'm fine with that. It's part of the game. It's fun to yeah. see guys interact with fans the fun way. Sure. It's fun, because you can't get that in any sport. You can't get that close. You can't be that close to the players during the game, during the action to be even able to do that. And that's part of the draw to our game.
1: Is there a lack of accountability? Do you think? I'm not even sure you fix that, but you can't. You, um, can. you can't. You, it. you can, but it's yeah. kind of it that if anyone can say anything they want on social media, like you can. This has a, as how I interacted with you. I messaged you, mm-hmm. and you responded. Players can see anything you send a message. They can look at a text a tweet a dm whatever and they can absorb that information and they can take it any way they want to negative exactly. good whatever and some guys are going to take that well other guys mm-hmm. can get past it some guys can't and that just it's it's the reason why they're not able to you know be the best they can be on a given night or maybe it's the reason why they want to leave a certain city or whatever the case is but the lack of accountability, and like you said, I don't even know what the, the answer is, but all in our lives, if we're accountable for stuff, like we do perform better. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. If you care mm-hmm. about things, you're accountable. We are told that we can't say this, we can't say that. We're going to change how we operate, how we're approaching. That's not necessarily there with social
2: yeah. media. It, 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 it have to be. And also, though, like it also baffles me how you could be, say you're like this, you're supposed. I'll put some air quotations up, the super fan of this team. And you got a guy who three, four years ago, we were calling Oscar Robinson of our game. Yeah, And he's on your team and he's struggling. And you think the way to get him to help your team is to call him every name that you can call him and talk bad about him as much as you can talk about him, scream the most obscene. You think that's going to help your team? Like, it was like, I'm just passionate about, no, you're, you're blinded by, you're not even looking at it the right way, really. Like, I would try to help them. If I wanted my team to win, if I cared about the team, you just feel, you just realize you have the freedom to say whatever you want and there's no consequence, so you're doing it. You're exercising that right. You're being able to lash out whatever else you got going on on this.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's what's happening. And that's the that's the thing that's that's crazy about it because – it doesn't even make sense to do it that way if you want your team to win. Like, yeah. Does And then the accountability thing like like you said, we don't have to. It's the internet. You ban my page, I can make another one with no pay, with no picture, no no face, no like and I can, you know what I mean? I can do whatever I want. And that's the danger of it, but it's also, like I said, there's so much beauty in having that. For me to be able to talk basketball with somebody that really wants to talk basketball that I would never meet. Yeah. That's the, the other side of it.
1: And I got to be accountable to myself because I'm a member of the media and we do have a strong role in this kind of stuff. You know, I know that I've posted things um, on our IG account as a Raptor, essentially like a Raptor fan account in some ways, where it could be, you know, looking at how poorly the opposing player performed. Because we know that negativity is going to click. That's the nature of it. Negativity, like Russell Westbrook getting his 11th straight triple-double is it going to click as well as you know someone making a video of Russell's you know, jump shot becoming a brick and it hit smashing the glass, or him airballing a free throw? That is going to appeal to a wider audience, right? Not even basketball fans are going to be like, "Oh, that ball became a brick. That's funny," and that's just it, right? Like negativity in some ways, unfortunately, it just appeals to a more diverse audience: men, women, different ages, and. It's the nature of things. That's kind of evolution yeah. in some ways. That's the nature. That's how it's gone. But I mean, for a player, like, have there been cases in, in your career where you've seen players get a little bit too, like, invested into social media?
2: So I got two stories. I, obviously, I will say, obviously, like, so the way my social media handles became my espresso is strictly from that. I was on social media the first time when it was popping off, when Twitter came about. I remember when it came about and I was CJ miles 34 at this time I was on there. I jumped on it cause it was the new thing. And it was just, and I didn't know how to handle it. When it got to that space, it started to like negatively affect me just because I'm a people person. So like I, I got on there for the excitement of being able to be a people person. And people took advantage of that because they knew I was there. So they started talking and I started to feel it. You know what I mean? And, 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 it, and, and it started to just weigh on me. So like I ended up just getting off of social media completely until I figured out, because obviously if that's messing with me, I'm not comfortable enough with myself. So I was like, let me get off of here so I don't even have to hear it so I can figure this out, just play basketball, do all that. And that's how I ended up coming back as my fresco, because I'm like, if I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back with my personality as a person, not just as a basketball page. And, you know, I wanted to showcase all of me if I was going to be there. And that's, that's another story for another time. And then there was a player that I played with um, when I'm first becoming a veteran. They're bashing him. He is, is in the height of it. Instagram's firing now. Twitter's firing now. Everything is, and they're killing him. And I remember saying to him, he was younger than me, he 19 maybe, get off your phone, man. Not even I wasn't even at the height of what he is, and I just know how it felt. This is why I knew to say this to him, just because I had dealt with it. I'm like, get off your phone, man. Like That's, that's another voice you don't need. You're already fighting your own voice right now. You don't need millions of other voices telling you what you – one, you already know. And they're not going to ever speak from the side of how you can get out of this. They're only going to speak on you're doing bad because that's what's going to click on there. And it just became a spiral and it was tough on him. Like people just came from every direction. They, they exhausted every avenue they could to make us re- say that he wasn't going well. <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and it just, he, it, it, it was hard on him. It was a hard, hard time. It was hard to be around because you couldn't even do anything for him. You couldn't help. You couldn't yeah. lift him. And also
1: because you guys are also learning about how social media is impacting you right? At the same time as all this is happening, because like the evolution of it, um, has changed how we all approach, you know, basketball coverage, basketball media. Like you have people who are now just doing basketball, social media now, and that's where it's at now. Um, and so for all of you, you know, day by day, you're learning like, wow, now people are doing this about players. Now, uh, people are doing that about players. Um, now media are getting a little bit more liberal with how they, you know, approach players in like, you know, players that they don't think they're ever going to meet in person. Right. It's easier. If you're a beat reporter on a team, you know, you're going to see that guy probably every day in day out. But if you're like a reporter for a national brand, you could actually say that I'm never going to see this player in my life. And if I do, he won't recognize me. Maybe he will. Yeah. Right. If he's that kind of, if a dude has that kind of vendetta, he might, but in most yeah. cases, you know, put your hat down, whatever, hood on. You're not gonna and then
2: at, and at the same time, they know that guy's not going to come beat him up. Like he's got much yeah. yeah. more to lose than, than sure. Than, than, you, than he's yeah. got, you know what I mean? Like me, me hitting that guy is is what we want. It just feeds into what we're already doing. And that's the yeah. thing. So the one thing I will say, like, I don't think that it's bad. Like you were talking about the clip on the other. I don't think it's bad to point out what actually happened. I think it's just how we dress it, how yeah. we address it. I don't think there's nothing wrong with pointing out a guy's playing well. But, like, it's like we also should be trying to figure out solutions for it. Like I mm-hmm. speak on both sides, like things that – Maybe that didn't there weren't a, um there wasn't space for him to be able to do what he usually does, and let's explore that too. let's not just throw everything at him like and there's nothing wrong with talking because that's how you get the solution. you point out what's wrong. It's just with this route, we don't ever think about the solution part, and I think that part is what's bringing that negative energy from all over. You never hear about the the other side, yeah, and then the people that are talking about it never speak on the other side, so it's just all negative because it's never approached that way. There's nothing wrong with – he's 0 he's for 11. There's nothing wrong with us talking about that. Like, it's not that. That's what I don't – I don't want people to think. Like, it's a, I'm being soft on people and because accountability, like we said, he's got to be accountable for what he's doing wrong too, the player. But we got to approach the whole thing to become – because at the end of the day, we want the better, the higher, most significant all-star, superstar version of whatever player in their role. And we don't get that by being negative all the time.
1: Very real conversation right there. Yeah,
2: sorry. Hey, you (laughs) got it. No, no, it's okay. No, I appreciate it. I thought it (laughs) would. No, but
1: this is the nature of, uh, of of the show, right? Is that your perspective on this is just something that I cannot offer, right? Even as we're talking about this stuff, and I'm thinking about memes that I've posted that are actually like, yeah, we were essentially making fun of performance of a player on a different team when they face the Raptors. The Raptors have a great defense. Guy goes, oh, for whatever. We have posted that stuff. But now, you mean talking to you and uh, reflecting more on the state of media? Like it just doesn't feel as genuine anymore because it's not even stuff that's not even like my personality that would do stuff like that. But it became the personality of you know social media within basketball within sports, and that's where it's changed. And yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to know that I, just, I know I made
2: mistakes. But also, there's there's lighthearted ways to poke fun at things too. There are yeah. plays that are bad, but that are funny. We yeah. laugh at plays like that when we watch film. Like a coach will we'll know a play that was that that's not in yeah. that's not gonna be in there because it was so bad, and then we'll, at the end of the film session, the coach will put it in just for us to laugh about it and get over it. So you can address it because you know the guys probably feeling a certain way, and like he and now we can get over it. Like there's 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 ways to do that. Like yeah, with so with media too. There's ways. That it's just that it doesn't always have to be a straight cutthroat attack over and over sure. and over. And that's what's happening a lot now because everybody's media now. Mm. So like even a guy with a hundred followers says the right wording, it gets to everybody. Yeah. And that guy might say the nastiest thing, thinking, like you said, nobody's gonna like my wife ended up on um national television because after Draymond Green had kicked like three people between the legs. <laughs> We were going to play the Nuggets. I mean, I'm sorry, going to play the Warriors. And she tweeted, just jokingly, I hope Draymond doesn't kick my husband. <laughs> and they put it, and it ended up on Daphne's other television, And that's funny. Like, it was funny. It was, but it's just the, my point. Like, I wouldn't have thought about that if we weren't talking about it, but that happened Yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap up the episode with uh, in a lighthearted way because we're in that, that yeah. mode at the moment. Um, that's, why I'm,
2: that's why I'm glad I yeah, thought of that. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, worst insult you've heard on the court towards you or someone else. This comes to mind because of the Devin Booker-Clay Thompson interaction the other day. Fans, if you haven't seen it, um, they were going back and forth. Clay said, I got four rings. You have four playoff appearances. So that's what got me thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, it worked. It's not. It doesn't have to be good, but it's just like factual. It's like well, true,
2: <laughs> kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, but that also has nothing to do with what's going on in this moment. Like that's the like. Why do we have to jump all the way to that? It's the ultimate Trump that. card. You can't yeah. say anything back. <laughs> yeah, like I guess, but yeah. um, I I've been I, I don't I don't have like a a crazy. And so, like, I don't think I've heard one that was just like it's all been like trash talk, just like regular yeah, old, sure, sure, sure. and words that I don't want to get profane and say, in a, you know, nothing like that
1: here. But yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, not the actual words, the wording, like the, the thing that said not the actual words. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, um, uh, but I don't think it's ever been that. I just remember there was one when I was in Indiana with David West and I remember the player it was. But I just remember being I think I was hurt and I was out of this game. And he's he comes out of the game, and he's screaming every time this guy gets the ball from the bench, like like a madman. Hell no, no! Not a, he's just yeah. I'm like, it goes on for like minutes, right? And I'm like, yeah, yo, yeah, what's 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 wrong? He's like, he's trash. I'm like, I'm like, why are you so angry? He was like. He got drafted before me. He owed me money. Like, like, because he's been so much better than him since they got drafted. Like, this is the funniest. I'm like, this is why you're at him like this. There's nothing else yeah. but that. Like, it's this, yeah. that. And it was like, I almost cried behind the bench from hearing him say that. Like, it was like, he's so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he's trash. He, uh, like, he owed me some money. He should have never been drafted before me. Like, that type of thing. And it was hilarious. That's like my yeah. favorite one that's off the top of the head. There are so many
1: guys that have done that, too, where they can rhyme off. I think Draymond Green did that. There's, um, there's a few others that come to mind, tip of my tongue, um, that are able to, like, recite the 35 guys in order that got drafted before them.
2: That I'm is, I'm close. Really? I, I'm close. Yeah. I'm, I'm cl- Ooh, I'm... Do you,
1: you want to do this? Should we do this?
2: We could try. Um, what was your draft year again? 05, 2005. I might not get all of them, but I know the guy – like. Especially guys of significance, significance in front of me. I know. Um, I can't remember thirty three. I know. I believe thirty two was Lou Williams to Philly.
1: Okay, um, here you are, thirty. Yeah, thirty-four. Thirty four. I yeah. can't
2: remember thirty three. Who's thirty three? Brandon I'm Bass. Brandon Bass. That's that's a good pick. Yeah. Then there's Lou Will before that.
1: No, it's Daniel oh, Ewing.
2: Ewing. Daniel Ewing. So when is yeah. Lou Will? Lou Will. Thirty one. I know. I know he's around that range. I know we're all, both around that range. I know Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis is later than us, which is crazy. Lou was forty five. Forty five. Ellis was. Who's
1: right before? Uh, Who Ellis
2: was forty. See, look, maybe I'm lying. Maybe I don't know. I just remember those guys. <laughs> I'm, but those are my guys too, high school guys. Yeah, so okay, that's why I'm okay. thinking of them. But okay. I know, so I think thirty is. Let's um, start at the first round. Thirty is is New York's pick, right? David Lee. Yes um 28 29 i'm i loud i can't remember this now it's because okay. we're, we're on camera i remember the guys in the drive i remember like uh Julia, yeah. H- julius hodge nate robinson um uh Gerald green um
1: uh bunny hops
2: okay. yeah like i'm all i'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to name yeah, the guys so yeah, I can yeah put them in order um i can't you, I know didn't,
1: the, you didn't strike me as the kind of guy that'd be able to do this to be honest not the, not the
2: grudgy type <laughs> but i just remember the guys i have to plug the pieces up there i just can't <laughs> yeah. it it's, okay.
1: it's okay it's okay it's <laughs> okay good story i love those kind of that's things. a long
2: time ago Sheesh. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> okay cj that's it that's the episode man strictly hoops there yeah. you go people i hope you all enjoyed that we will be back all right there will be episodes throughout the season if you have questions for CJ, basketball curiosities, basketball tips, things you're curious about, how you could improve your skill set, you're you're looking to improve in some areas, you want to grow your game, you want to evolve, absolutely, send it into the hashtag strictly fresco. That's the hashtag mm. we're going to use. Strictly yeah. fresco.
2: Hashtag strictly fresco. I like it. Okay,
1: send that in. Um, I'll tweet it out before episodes. Maybe CJ will too. But put your questions, comments things you're, uh, you want to know about, put that under that hashtag. And we will talk to you very soon. Subscribe on the ROE podcast platform. That's Raptors over everything, future episodes. And on our YouTube, Yahoo Sports Canada. Find us. There's all kinds of Raptor stuff on there. You'll find episodes with us, us too, other stuff, Raptor scrums, Raptors media availabilities, interviews with other players, hopefully interviews with players on this show too at some point
2: for sure for sure yeah. for sure uh,
1: closing thoughts CJ? i'm gonna use
2: my card i'm gonna use yeah. my card for sure you got um, the card
1: i don't have the card you got the card yes we'll, uh, need your help. closing <laughs>
2: thoughts i i'm just looking forward to it man i'm just looking forward to the journey of it to the excitement of you know this space i'm new to it obviously um but like being able to talk basketball and being able to talk it honestly and and getting to cover guys that i know and love and have been around is always a, is fun you know what i mean um mm-hmm. And just, I enjoy working with you, man. It's been been great. It's only been a couple of times now, but we're going to have a good time.
1: You had fun? That was my last question. You had fun?
2: Great. fantastic.
1: See, there we go. Basketball's (laughs) supposed to be fun. Okay, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Talk to you again.
2: Peace.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too.